What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of Ball Status. I love that intro. That's great. So this is the podcast where we talk about the business of health and the health of business. I am joined by Mr. Meaty Thighs, Patrick Mave. He's the National Sales Director for America Labs and Core Nutritionals. Hi. And Carl the Cuck Frady. He is the General Manager for the Nutrition Corners. Yo, yo, yo. And our special guest today is Brian DeCosta Living. <laughs> some loser influencer so so well we'll get to that we'll get to that because that could be a misconception so Degenerate. brian DaCosta is a core elite athlete uh he's been with us for a couple years now right boom i, I feel like three yeah still a virgin <laughs> hey hey now Hitting my ego right yeah. before we start. Well, let's before we get in, we've been dying. You've been trying to open this America Energy for the past ten minutes. We've been setting up. So thank right, so you, thank you to is, our sponsors, America you Energy. Bring it to the mic. Three, Ready? Bring it two. to the mic. Yeah. Then, oh, that was crisp. And, and then make it sloppy. Dude, boom, boom. That slurp though. Oh, we yeah. had fifty percent of the audience doing that after that. Oh, dude, boom, boom. That freedom is hitting the spot right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> this cream soda creates extra cream i'm just gonna say that yeah <laughs> wow especially when it's lukewarm <laughs> that was a good That'd button good push one. yeah or it could have been oh yeah all right so we're here with brian DaCosta, and so we're gonna get into a little bit of brian's background and story so you guys get to know brian a little bit better and today we want to talk about i don't know what our title is going to be uh for this podcast but Really, what I want to kind of dive into is, and I know you're probably going to hate this term because everyone who is a influencer hates the term influencer, but like, let's talk about the life of an influencer. Well, probably the yeah. people that actually influence probably don't like it, but the people who just maybe have 500 followers and they're affiliated with a brand and they're like, oh yeah, I'm an influencer, you know? Yeah. So yeah. let's get into that. So let's, let's go through... Your origin story. Well, actually, before we get there, can we just look at this desk? This desk is amazing. Is it a desk? I think it's... A, it's, a, it's a table, sorry. Podcast table. So this is the first time. So we finally got our studio pretty much fully set up. This is like a full walnut upholstered, uh, epoxy table. It's super You guys nice. can't see it here, but all our core value coins, which see episode number one of Boss Status, are like epoxied in here with like a river of like, I don't know, pewter or something down the middle. So... Badass shout out to, I guess it's Freeman Artisan Works. They're on Instagram. They did this table for us. They're a local company. So thank you for that. This table turned out awesome. Um, but let's get into your origin story, Brian. So like, I know you and, and Brian received a core value coin yesterday, which was take risks because Brian used to live in the corporate world, much like my background. And you kind of took that leap of faith to get into kind of follow uh, your passions and what you were interested in and kind of go all in on this, <coughs> excuse me, I guess, social media life, fitness life, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So why don't we start from your, like, give us your background, you know, your schooling, your upbringing, where, and then how you got to where you are today. Cool. Honestly, I think it's super boring, so I won't try to try to bore you guys but uh, I grew up outside of Boston in New England ended up moving to West Virginia Yeehaw. like three hours west of the DC area in uh, in the beginning of high school and then I grew up a soccer player I was a runner and just really loved what physical performance did to my confidence my certainty it helped me improve in school now, I don't think I really realized this stuff at the time until like probably later high school but it was a huge source of confidence for me and uh when organized sports ended at the end of high school, it was kind of a natural transition into weightlifting that gains life. And uh, it's actually, I, I joined an elective my senior year of high school just to fill time. And it was called fitness and conditioning. And it was basically for like football players and basketball players to stay in shape uh, in the off season. I didn't really know at the time I was like 140 pound freaking runner had never bench press or anything in my life. So that was kind of a shock, but I got some positive feedback in that like, that senior year of high school, like, hey, dude, like, you work hard, you could probably gain some muscle, you're gaining it pretty quickly, so that was kind of my nod to stick with it, and then through college, stuck with that, 
weight training five, six days a week. I was actually kind of psycho about it between like running and lifting. Just really loved that. I've always been someone who kind of falls into routine easily. And college studied accounting and finance and then kind of transitioned to the corporate world as an accountant. Worked for a couple companies for five years, ages 19 to 24, 25. And then I became an influencer and basically a degenerate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny. That background is kind of similar to mine. You know, like I did all the sports growing up. I was small. And then I found weightlifting and kind of grew through that. I worked in a corporate world. Eventually, I, it took me a lot longer to kind of go all in. It took me like 12 years. Uh, but I can, I can definitely relate to all of that. So what um, – and we actually trained in the same gym for a while. We didn't really know each other, but we overlapped at the Boston Gold's gym. We yeah. kind of crossed paths a little bit. But So what made you get rid of what I call the golden handcuffs, like a good job – you know, good benefits, all of that to go in. Um, and really you moved out West. You went right straight to California, right? Yeah. So what, what made you do that? Like what, what happened? Were there certain situations that made that happen? Like how, cause that's not an easy, it wasn't easy, an easy decision for me. Yeah. It was, uh, that you just made me think of a quote I heard sometime. It was like a month ago, but salary is a drug they give you to make you forget your dreams. Mm, and I was like, I like Ooh, that. that's a good one. Wow. Like that's that. a, that's a dime. It's kind of, it's true to a certain degree, but to be honest, man, like a lot of people who work for themselves, entrepreneurs like to say it's like all hard work and like, you know, by myself, but a lot of it was just luck just like blatant luck. And what really happened is, uh, when I was working as an accountant, I, I started at a fortune 500, uh, pharmaceutical company, a generic pharmaceutical company called Mylan worked there for three years. And it was no offense to Milan, great company, great opportunity, but uh, it was kind of a soul-sucking, like, like the office style, just like old 70s cubicles, musty in there. Definitely knew I didn't want that. I had a friend who worked as an, a recruiter in the D.C. area I went to college with who only placed accounting and finance positions, and he reached out to me, or like we were good friends fraternity brothers in college. So he, we talked a lot and he was like, Hey dude, like there's a pretty cool startup in the DC area. That's looking for an accountant. I think you fit this position. Two weeks later, I was moving to DC, moving in an apartment. Um, and then somewhere along the line, working for this startup company, I would listen to YouTube videos in the background as I was working at work. And I stumbled into the YouTube fitness, which I had discovered earlier in college in like late high school when it was just like one or two fitness YouTubers, this guy named Scooby shout out to anyone who knows who Scooby is and Scott Herman. And, uh, but then I kind of like lost track of that for a while and then tuned back in and I realized, whoa, social media has progressed a ton. And I found like Christian Guzman, Max tuning on YouTube, a couple other big fitness guys. And I realized, and this, I'm not saying this of Christian or Max, but I realized there were a lot of guys who were younger than me who definitely didn't know what they were talking about, didn't have that great of physiques, but I knew that they that was their like primary thing. And they were like taking a stab at doing this entrepreneurship life. So I found out what camera one of them was using. I ordered it and I decided to just start doing YouTube in addition to my job. So I would literally work and rest in, drive down the beltway, bust out the camera, change out of my monkey suit in the Boston Gold's locker room, and then just go like film a workout, edit it that night until like midnight, and then be up for work. And I like kind of kept that routine. So this is how you got into social media. So it really started, it started more on uh, YouTube than it sounds like. YouTube. So you started YouTube first. Like that, like yeah. that's where you really got into it. That's where I started the, tr- I started sharing some fitness stuff on Instagram, but it, what really got people to start reaching out to me. So to speed this up a little bit. YouTube was the primary driver and within three months of starting to share YouTube videos, I had people reaching out to me basically asking if I was a coach or like what I did. I really just started the video just like showing my workout and giving advice without an agenda. I wasn't like saying I'm a coach or anything. And right around that time of people emailing me asking if I coach and whatnot, which I either wouldn't answer them to be honest, or I would just say no. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm an accountant. Like I don't yeah. do this. Uh, I entered the bodybuilding.com spokesmodel search, which was a competition they used to have RIP. It was a big deal. Everyone, everyone who's been in fitness for a while knows how big yeah. of a deal bodybuilding.com is. A lot of these fitness people coming up how don't even they, know. How big they were. They were. Yes. They were. 
There were, yes. No bad blood on BBCom, but <laughs> but a lot of fitness people don't even on your know. On, sorry, on your sorry. end, yeah. Just <laughs> blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, I ended up doing well in that competition. I think, you know, at the time they said they had 10,000 submissions for the spokesmodel search. I ended up getting second in that competition, became an athlete for bodybuilding.com, which got me a huge, got me huge exposure, exposure words. And then a girl that was also on their team who had placed the prior year, Amanda Bucci, we started dating and she had still has, I think like 600,000 followers on Instagram. So between being in all of BBCom's like marketing emails on their website, on their socials and like dating her, that was like within three months of starting to share on social, I was like tapped into like two big audiences. So when I say luck, like that's another so big aspect of let it. Let me ask about like when you decided to pick up the camera, because um, I, I know for me, like I started doing vlogs and I haven't like kind of it's that's trans transitioned. Like I, I that shows do, you're over 40. I'm just going to call y- it. Yeah. Back. Yeah. I used vlogs. to do, well, I used to do vlogs in like 2016. That's what we call them, right? Vlogs. What, yeah. are, they, what are they called? V- vlogs. Vlogs. Yeah. Oh, vlogs. It's kind of yeah. like, what was the word you said earlier? Uh, 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 I say a lot of words. No. Genuinity. No, not genuinity. Collabs. 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 We can ask collab. the audience. Yeah. What is it? Col- it? It's like saying. Collabs are. I'm going to the Marquette. It's like the market. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. I'm from collab. Southwest Virginia, bro. <laughs> Make stuff up. It's all love. Yeehaw, dude. Man, I'm spot on my buttons today. You this are. is good. So when you picked up the camera, I know for me at least it was it was very awkward at first. And oh, I still dude. don't even really like to uh, speak into the camera. So like, is this something that you like you enjoy doing? Was it hard for you to do? Um, like tell dude, tell me about that. Cause I so bad. I, I feel like a lot of people struggle with this and they don't know where to start. And as you you just picked up a camera and just started. You don't have to be perfect. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of fail at social media. And for the record, I hate doing social media too, but like they, they just feel like they can't do it. So they just don't do it. And really you just got to start sharing and it's very natural. Like the people that are great on YouTube and social media, like, like, like Max tuning, like he's, he's super awkward and kind of quirky and nerdy, but like, he's just himself. Right. And it works. And so like, why don't you talk a little bit about that was, how was that for you? Oh, dude, it was so bad. It was so bad. It was so uncomfortable because I, I was conditioned into a job where it's like I'm looking at Excel all day, man, and I'm just like talking to people on the computer. Like I'm not in sales or anything like that. So it was um, it was a big learning curve, but I think this is a important point to touch on. Like this is where intuition comes into play because I always got that instinct when I had the, the gold handcuffs on, as you said, where there's like more – for me and I'm very intrigued by this idea of like sharing information for free online about a subject that I'm very passionate about I know has improved my life immensely like and I listen to that voice and that intuition and I I think that comes not to get like spiritual but like from a higher purpose whatever you believe in based on like what your capability and your potential actually is like I would argue that some people who just like it's not in the realm for them to improve they may not get that intuitive drive I don't know, but like either, either way, it was like so awkward for me to start it. I would mess up all the time. If I was like recording in the gym and a talking clip and I stumbled over my words, I would just like put the camera away. Just be like, I'm, I'm done with this like completely. But, um, what did help is my, my dad does a lot of public speaking and is more, way more extroverted than me. Like he's in marketing and sales. And I saw him on stage. He would do speeches from time to time, really active in our church, like reading and whatnot. So I had him as an example and I have come to learn like I'm very comfortable now on camera recording clips and stuff and it's actually something that I enjoy. It really comes down to practice. Can't harp on that enough. Like if you practice it, you will just, it'll become second nature to you. Yeah, I think other people get also get discouraged because they'll start doing it and they'll get like 15 YouTube views, right? Or they'll get like 20 like views on the story. And this is something that like I want to see you know, Patrick do and Carl do because, you know, they, they probably like social media even less than I do. I know Carl for sure. Um, but they have so much good knowledge that when they do share it, there's tons of gems in there, um, that could help so many other people. 
And, you know, we even tell our managers at our stores, like, you need to be the face of the community and you need to be the mayor. And like, there are people watching you. And so you might start off getting 30 views, but that's going to grow. So like being consistent at it and constantly putting it out there and not really caring, like, you know, what is the immediate return on it? But keep putting yourself out there, I think is really half the battle. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And like, you know, obviously I have a bias because I share a lot, but I often like the people who put me in all the most and that I meet in real life are those genuine hardworking, good people who just don't ever think to like put it on the internet and they don't want to have a online presence. I think in many ways, especially these days, those are the true heroes because, and I think it will be increasingly so that way, just because with our younger generation, like anyone who feels like they can bring like one sliver of value, I feel like they're screaming about it online these days. Maybe that's just my bias living in Los Angeles we can touch on that I, later. Yeah, yeah, I think that is a little bit different because I feel like I I feel like a lot of people hold back because because they they could be sharing more and they have a lot of value to add, but True. they're afraid of messing up. They're afraid of not knowing enough. I know for me, like I feel like I'm a pretty intelligent guy on a, a wide range of topics, but even sometimes if I don't feel like I'm at the top of my game or yeah. in that category, even myself, I don't feel like necessarily I want to share because it's just like ooh, like somebody going to call me out for not being like maybe a hundred percent technically correct. Well, and let, I think that holds a lot of people back. Well, let me chime in. So I don't, it's not necessarily, uh, necessarily like I'm concerned about maybe the people viewing. It's just that like, and this might lead to another question. It's just like, I want to unplug. I don't want to, it's just constant. Like I'm working, I'm doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And then to remind myself to do this, for like somebody else when like I'm not taking in the moment that I'm actually I'm trying to like focus on and take in the moment instead I'm trying to do do it through a lens right and it's just like I'm I'm juggling this like for what you know that that's Mm -hmm. my thing it's just like I'm I'm distracted from what I'm actually doing and should be focused on like you know the the relationship or whatever it is for me that I should be focused on um I think like which leads to another question is like I, I, at the end of the day, like, I don't want anything to do with my phone. Like, I want to kick it out the window, yeah. you know, and like, yeah, for I that, feel that, which man. leads to another question is like, how does somebody who is involved daily on social media, how, how do you unplug from, from that? You know, what is yeah. the re- relief or the release from, from all that all day long? I have two, two things I use. One is I have a screen time lock on my phone. It locks Instagram out after an hour of use and my buddy, my, my training partner has a passcode. So like once I have hit a time limit for a day on all social media apps, TikTok, it's like 15 minutes. I don't even get on that shit anyways, but like I'm literally, I can't get on it. And then I also have a lock box at my, this is not even a joke. Like I have an actual box where I could put my laptop in and lock it for a specific amount of time. I can give you guys the links if you want them, if anyone wants Oh, so it, like you can't even open it. So like I can't it. even, like I will literally lock it and I have something on my, laptop itself called cold turkey which is a program wow. that will log me out of my laptop at 10 p.m and i no matter what you do you cannot log back in until 5 a.m uh, that's the time you can set it to anything you want right. it'll block websites it'll if you only want to focus on one specific program like email it will only let you be on that window and anything else you try to open it will like kill it immediately like i have a monkey brain and i have to like we but that's discipline. The, the the fact that you set that up because you yeah. know you're gonna fall into that's that amazing. trap, like that's tar- that's hard. It's like sometimes, like I, I can't get on social media during the day. Sometimes where like my only time to get on is like eight between eight and nine o'clock, and I really shouldn't be on it there. But like I gotta catch up. I got DMs, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of business that gets done on sure. social, yeah. and so it's hard. It's like, but sometimes like if that had that lock, it would be. It's like, a problem. It's a yeah. problem, man. And getting on social in the morning is not a good thing. Like yeah. just to be honest, like. Yeah. And there's tons of research and stuff been being done on this, like, as we find out how harmful social is for people. I mean, it's not like drinking arsenic, okay? But, like, you know, these things are, like, it's godlike technology that's literally designed to hijack our dopamine system and, like, jumble our focus, so... So let me, let's get, let's go back to, okay, so you, you started on YouTube and, uh, now your biggest presence, um, is really on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so like, why did you, why did you like right now you provide like a ton of content, training content, like videos and information on 
um, Instagram. So why did you kind of switch over to Instagram? And then let's talk if, if you would, would want to share, you don't have to, because I know it's like your business, but like, how do you monetize yeah. this? Like, talk how, whatever, how, man. how do you make a living? Right? Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, social media alone doesn't make a minute, yeah. uh, um, a living. It's, you, you have dirty underwear, right? Yeah. That's how you do that too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. What? Don't, no, don't worry about it. You, I threw my dirty underwear away today because I smelled. Yeah, that's a thousand <laughs> bucks. Bro, the smellier the better. That's that brings a, a pretty penny, dude. <laughs> I, I should have sold it. Somebody in the meat brigade that'll buy that for fifty dollars. Oh, sure, dude. <laughs> I got diehard. So let's talk about like your transition to Instagram, and then also like how did you turn from just giving out this free content to basically making a living as a influencer or social media yeah. star or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. Well, the influencer thing, my, my quick thing to say on that is like, it's like, it's like someone saying I'm in sales. Like if you meet someone and they're like, I do, I do sales. Like that, that can mean can a million be a, things. Yeah. Like that's what like, I feel like influencer is in a way. Every influencer I feel like is trying to sell something in some way, but, but the going out on my own, leaving accounting was late 2016 really started ramping up, not like exploding, but like started to grow early 2017 the transition to primarily sharing on Instagram didn't happen until 2019. So after like two years of coaching, growing one-on-one -on -one coaching, and that was really switching to a specific style of content on Instagram where I went from primarily like sharing just pictures, but I would write a caption that was informational, nutrition related or, or training or mindset, switched into just posting clips of my workout from the prior day. So that was a pretty big content switch and that was at a time where no one was really doing that. I was like one of the first five dudes on social, at least that I saw who was posting their workouts, just like the full thing. Here it is. Here's exact an exact breakdown of what I did. And that grew me from like 80,000 followers to 400,000 in three months. And then it That's just crazy. continued to grow from there. It was a, it just started <clears throat> Now, how much do you think that has to do with the workouts or the fact that you're shredded year round and you have great abs too. and like you're I always have your, you that. always have your shirt off? I capitalize on like that you, big time. you, 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 you have a thirst trap. You suck them in with the, the, the nudes. Oh yeah. And then, yeah. oh yeah. And the way I rationalize that so I can sleep at night is I'm a good person. I'm going to tell people what they actually need to know. They can't skip legs, but like if I have to show my freaking abs to get your attention, I'm going to do it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's both. I didn't start sharing content online until I had already been trained for six or seven years, which goes back to what I said about like, not that you have to have a great physique to even share fitness content online, but a lot of dudes were like oily on YouTube and stuff, like trying to look good. I'm like, bitch, you don't look good. Like, <laughs> so, so it's like, you have to have both. Like, it's like very competitive. You're competing with the world. Like yeah. there's what, 8 billion people now, so 7 billion or whatever. So like, It's like you can't just look good and be a total idiot because there are some people that look good and just have great genetics that have zero. They're dumb. They're dumb. And then yeah. you have some people that are like these big nerds that know a ton, but like you really don't want to listen to some dude who doesn't even look like he lifts. Yeah, or can't articulate it way. Right. Like I hate when like these business-related mind people on social try to dwindle it down to like one thing that you need. It's like shut up. Like it's – everything like just to be honest it's like you have to speak well you have to speak clearly you have to know what you're talking about you don't have to be a, be a phd but like speak coherently in a way that will make sense and not mislead people in an irresponsible way also need to look good also need to know how to create compelling content like there's a lot of different things that go into it so how do you balance creating uh content based on what you want to put out there and what gets engaged with like we talked about it earlier today we were like you know you would love like the leg day videos or leg shots but like they don't get near as much engagement as like a full-on ab like a ab no. routine that's kind of like an afterthought yeah so how do you balance that how do you yeah what do you do there i don't, I don't know man honestly like it's an intuitive thing in the sense that like if i blatantly just like feel like something is will be so like painful to create I can't even think of an example right now, but like, I just, I just won't do it. Like if I was only going to do like sit down talking about one specific topic, like that just sounds very boring to me. I, w I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't like shift my marketing into that. I just view social, social sharing as like marketing at this point. But like, um, 
it, it was luck with like the workout timing. Like I got momentum because that was the content that was growing on social. And I really enjoy sharing my workouts. Like it's fun. I don't mind filming in the gym. I have my buddy that helps me do it. My videographer. So it's, uh, it's really something that's been, been lucky for me in the last three years where like something that genuinely excites me is aligned with what is growing on social and what people like to pay attention to. I don't know how I will shift things if it like all of a sudden doesn't seem to be that effective, but I also don't think it will ever be that way fully. Cause like how much more raw and just straight to the point you can you be about training yeah. instead of like, this is exactly what I'm doing. You can see me doing it. So let's, let's go back for a second to the, the monetizing this. So you started coaching people like one-on-one more like, yeah. uh, which, which is what I did years ago until I really kind of just stopped doing it. it it's a lot of work. It's like you're dealing with people like dude, like the back and yeah. forth and it's, you're almost like a, you know, a shrink for them as well. And it's yeah. just like, it, I know that's a lot. So you started coaching and obviously there was income coming in, in there. Is that, was that what gave you confidence that you could quit your job and kind of go all in on this? Cause you had 100%. income coming in from coaching. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think anyone who's starting out just for a little, little business advice, if you want to be coaching online, is starting high price, low volume clients is always the better route. Always. A lot yep. of people make mistakes. I had a buddy who's ne- now is a multi-million dollar coaching business, but he tried for several years to sell a $47 ebook with like a f- complicated funnel and all this stuff. And he just didn't have the volume of eyeballs for it to make sense. He couldn't yep. even like pay rent with that thing. But so I hired a business coach right around the time where I was quitting my job who really helped me like make sense of what coaching online. But I did start that way in a one-on-one capacity where I was charging 200 bucks a month, 250 bucks a month, working with people one-on-one. And within three months, I started that in January of 2017. I was matching what I was making as an accountant. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to go on in this full time, especially because the girlfriend I was dating at the time, Amanda was already in the space. And she was like, yeah, you just need to quit now, honestly, like free up your time. And I was confident at that point, like, no, if I had my full day, like I can give this my full effort. Yeah. So then what do you, how, how has that transitioned now? Like, because you have, you have a lot more people that you work with now in a sense. So you, mm-hmm. let's talk about like, how has your business model changed? How has your, your income stream changed? Not numbers, but like, how, how has that changed? Yeah. Um, so, and why has it changed? Like, why did you go to a different model then? One-on-one coaching has been dropped since late 2019. So it's been about two years, I think. What is that? Yeah. Over two years at this point. And it just became too much at a certain point between working with clients. Like anyone who has clients online will understand this. Like 40 clients may not seem like a lot until you have it. Like I, I find it hard to believe that anyone could manage responsibly more than 40 clients online. That seems to be the number just throughout the years of doing it, talking to peers and whatnot. But just between creating social content, getting back to clients, like my day was filled again, even with the accounting job removed where I was like stressing, I would feel guilty if I would share content online, if I hadn't gotten back to like a client's email, like it really became, it really became a challenge. And I was burning myself out almost to the point that like I stopped enjoying it. Like I didn't stop enjoying it, but like I was getting there. I was like seeing it like, God dang, man, this is early 2019, right when content started to take off on Instagram with me sharing workouts where I really exploded. That rendered. This is right around the time when I think uh, we trained legs in Vegas, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. It was right around that time. Yeah. yeah. Was that year? And you were working on your app or whatever around that time. I was. So you were in the transition there. So let's talk about that. In between puking in the trash can at the gym. (laughs) We definitely have that on the YouTube. Four weeks out. You guys can find that one. Yeah. Don't train legs with Doug. Uh, I don't think the legs had a, <laughs> everything to do with it. It could I have been some now. extracurricular activities the night before. I did. I did drink the <laughs> night before, but we hit legs this morning. I almost puked again. Pat, you just go to a next level in leg day. But yeah. uh, but right at that time is when, you know, I was working with a business coach at the time who was kind of helping me who had, hasn't been in fitness coaching, but he did other type of coaching online. And it was it's pretty simple. It was more or less switch from the less clients, more money model to the more clients, less money per client model. And this is when it was becoming easier for individuals who don't understand coding and whatnot to have their own app. There's companies out there now who 
will basically they've built a platform and you can pay to use their platform and set it up with your logo and whatnot. So like I didn't have to do any heavy lifting with like coding or anything to set up my own platform. But basically overnight, it was like a week process, but I switched everything to, Hey, now I'm, did you have to phase out your client? You told your clients, I'm not going to be working with you more anymore individually. You can have a free subscription to my thing. Or did you no. keep them and just phase them out? Kept them and in, in phased them out over the next like two months. Yeah. But I gave people the warning and people. Yeah. So, so it really transitioned from coaching at that point, I had raised prices up to like 300 bucks a month. And I now, and I, it's been the same since 2019 is 28 bucks a month on our app. And honest, why 28 bucks? Like why not 1999? It's, like, it's a random number, dude. It's a random number. Anyone who creates pricing. I mean, supplements are different. You have to compete with the market, but especially like online subscriptions is being totally on. It's just random. But you're just like, nah, 29 is too high. 27, I think you could get a little more. Let's go 28. 28. Well, I, is it your favorite do, number? If you do decimals, anything other than a round number, just get out of here. Especially for online stuff. Like yeah. okay. in tandem, you're just selling ones and zeros in the ether. Yeah. So like, I just wanted a round number. And honestly, like jokes aside, I think comparing what I'm offering on our platform versus what peers are offering, the price is justified where, you know, they're getting full training programs that are periodized. We have offerings of dozens of different programs they can join all with vi education videos that they can only see on the app of me talking through nutrition talking through supplementation all the exercise videos are me actually going through the exercise showing them how to do it in the gym they get messages from me links to links from me helpful products supplements like core products also access to a private group where i do live trainings so I was confident that first and foremost, like compared to what peers were offering in their memberships, it was beyond what they were offering. But uh, so it's priced higher. But beyond that, it's just literally like an so how long number. Did, how long did it take? So you were you were killing the one on one game and you were charging 300 bucks a month. How long did it take you to kind of get that revenue back after you let all your clients go switching to the the app based coaching? Honestly, it was pretty quick because I was set up time two two weeks to have at least four or five programs built on the app a building program a cutting program and also iterations of that three to six days a week yep. for beginners and also intermediate slash advanced so like one program i have a shred program but there's a three day a week version four day a week version five day a week version six day a week version and the app is built out to for them to fill out something that puts them there correct you don't like because it's an app program, like they they'll fill out all of their information. My goals are this, and then it'll recommend yeah. this one program that's four to five four five days a week. Yeah, as somebody else might be three. Is that yeah? They so when they sign up to join the app, they're immediately emailed, and when they open the app, they're prompted with a questionnaire that they fill out. That's like twenty questions, takes them like ten minutes, but it gives myself and my coaches what we need to, based on what we ask them, like what are your goals. You know, how long have you been training? What's your estimated body fat percentage? What gym equipment act do you have access to? Commercial gym? So do whatever. they still get, <clears throat> because, I mean, I'm sure you can scale this to have thousands of people on this. Do they still get to ask you a specific question? Because some people like, so I'm going to be launching a new website and I, I, I'm not taking on coaching like full on one. Doug, one-on-one -on -one coaching open now in the description. <laughs> well, DMP. So, <laughs> well, so there's a lot. I get asked a lot to do it. And so we're going to offer something, but like, one some people just want to work they don't want to work with a coach of mine they don't want to work you know like paul revelia you know a good right. friend of us core teammate like he's got like 30 coaches under him some people just want to work with paul they don't want to work with their 30 other coaches even though they've been trained by paul and they could give them just as good of experience yeah some people just want to talk to brian some people just want to talk to doug so the, do they still have access to you um yeah. because like i mean you could f be fielding thousands of questions a day or like how does that work are you able to communicate at least one-on-one -on -one with these people with this program or yes yeah and it first starts i think in the way that you promote it and and pitch it to people like you're not selling them that they're going to get access to you and then they don't in yeah. that instance i think you'll get a lot of unhappy customers yeah sure but 
in our private community, which is on Facebook now, I'm toying with some other platforms, but I think a big benefit of Facebook now, I don't know who ever gets on Facebook anymore, but like Facebook groups. We are, only get on there for groups. Like yeah. We have a Crush of Tears group and we do yeah. other things. I feel like everyone's kind of that way at this point, but I have a private Facebook group that doesn't get so much volume of questions, so many. It doesn't get so many questions that I can't get to each yeah. of them. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go live in that group three, four times a week. And I can, and I'll call them out by name so I can get back to the questions that are asked. And I find like a lot of people who join the app, they get their training program, their nutrition plan. They can add their progress photos. They can track their workouts. They have all the history. It's also great. It keeps, it's good with client retention too, by the way, because like people don't want to lose their training their history apps. and stuff like oh, that. But uh, like half the people don't even end up joining the Facebook group. So it's like, they know they can ask me questions, but they just don't want to join the group. And I just promote it in that way that like you don't, you can ask me questions, but it's in a public square yeah. type deal. It it blows my mind how many millionaires there are out there just doing fitness coaching. Oh yeah, uh, out there like it just it, it's it would blow your mind. Like the amount of people that are literally making millions of dollars on coaching is just insane. The way the technology Dude, has social evolved. is definitely. I mean, there's a lot of broke ass influencers in <laughs> fitness as well, but. Like for those who work hard and actually, you know, have a business mind, like social has some positive attributes as it's, it's created wealth within like 20 year olds. And, and well, so, let, so on the flip side, let's talk about some of the biggest misconceptions of an influencer because, or a content creator, because, you know, some people think, oh, the dude just works out, you know, he works out once a day, you know, he'll post a couple of pictures and boom, done, call it a day. He can go you know, do whatever he wants. It's easy peasy, but I know how much like work that you actually do to do this. So let's walk, walk us through it like a typical day for you. Like how much time does it take? Like, yeah, let, let's just walk us through a typical day where you're going to be filming and editing and posting and doing all like your stuff. What, what does that look like? So usually, so lately, as I shared, like a lot of my content is, is primarily gym based. So it's filming at the gym, filming the workout mm -hmm. If I'm going to do any education or talking clips, it's usually at, at the gym or right after. But uh, that's that's in the afternoon. The way, when I start my day, I don't get up at crazy times like you freaking guys. I get up at normal last time, like 7 or 8. But uh, that's when I do a lot of my computer-based work, which is like setting up new clients that would have signed up overnight, getting back to email. Uh, I do everything on our website and on our app. and I've built all of our training programs nutrition stuff. I, like I said, I do all my email. I do all the website if anything needs to be changed there. So like there's usually plenty of admin work that gets me to the afternoon. And then in the afternoon, I'm usually, I meet up with my videographer, we film a workout. And then at night, it's usually wrapping up anything I didn't get to before the workout or I'm editing, which and now I have help with editing, fortunately, but up until How long does that take you to put up like one Instagram post of yours is usually like, I don't know, six or seven videos, yeah. right? That have like graphics and arrows and yeah. stuff like that. Like it's how, how long? Two to four hours. Two to four hours of editing. One post. For one post. But you were telling me yesterday you have like a, a log of like ten. You're like you're like ten workouts ahead. Yeah, I like and to you stay. only post three to four times a week yeah. workouts yeah. now at this point. Yeah, so like each of those that I have saved, I have a folder on my phone where I save workouts just so I can. So like when you're traveling, you can ha you have content. Right, I'm I'm ahead of it, but like each of those it like takes two to four hours to to just to edit, yeah. let alone filming and stuff. So, is this is this stressful? Like, does this does this take away from the love of working out? Like sometimes I just even when I know I'm doing content for our brands, and I know I just I love training so much that it's just like. Like, dude, I just don't want to, I don't want to, I mean, Bobby's, or Bobby, sorry, Aaron, uh, that was terrible. That's our <laughs> old videographer. <laughs> Been here for like a couple years, yeah, Bob. No, no offense to Bobby either, but just, uh, <laughs> ouch, zinger. Um, but sometimes I'm just like not in the mood. I'm just like, dude, I just don't want, I just want to train. Yeah. Like, do, do you feel that way sometimes? Sometimes. Like you, just, you just don't want to. Sometimes I do, but honestly, like, I'm a, I'm more of a creative brain, I feel like, where like. I, I grew up like being interested in videography, photography. I was really into music, like playing guitar. I was in a, in a band. I, I was a little emo bitch boy. <laughs> so like, I like the creative stuff. Like I like, like getting the right light with filming and like in the gym. So it, it doesn't steal from my like sanctuary time or my energy by 
filming the workout, especially now that I have a videographer where I can kind of shut my brain off and train. So, I mean, there are times when like I've had a stressful day and it's like, I don't want to do this, but, but it doesn't, cause I've heard that observation from many other people who are like, are you tired of, dude, I hate like digging into my like gym time. That's my time. I, I understand that, but also like I'm fortunate in a way where like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't yeah. really bother me. So the internet is definitely can be like a cruel place, right? Like my nickname is Drug Miller, which I, th I still think is hilarious. I think it's pretty funny. Um, and I know you get accused of using roids. Uh, you're a natural athlete. Um, like how do you so I'm pretty think. sure he has a natty or not. Oh, idea. for sure. He's, yeah, he's totally yeah. on the juice. He gets it straight from Drug Miller direct. <laughs> Probably. Drugmiller.com. DMP. Yeah, that's why I joined the squad, bro. I wanted that good, good. Yeah, yeah I got you on that good, good. <laughs> so, like, how do you deal with that? I mean, I like, I, I know there's a ton of negative stuff out there, right? Like, like people yeah. will always talk crap. Yeah. So, like, what, what, how do you, where do you go? Like, I know for me, I, at this point, I just kind of laugh. I chuckle. You know, I posted a video from the New York Cup the other day, and like, sure enough, there's you know a couple, you know, haters, whatever. Oh, and we I should read them. Uh, no, OCB reposted it and it was on there. Like, I, I just don't even care, right? Like, I wait. OCB reposted people hating on you. No, they OCB they they OCB posted reposted my video and, and then they people. got some haters on there. Uh. Yeah, my, mine was actually pretty positive. Like, you know, yeah. I think people know that I don't care, so like it, they lose the fat joy of trying to troll yeah. me as much because yeah. they know I don't care. Yeah. So like, how do you deal with it? I'm in a similar boat at this point. I th it definitely affected me. Well, I think it'll. I, you you see or read something negative about you like I don't care what you say it's always gonna like give you a little yeah. you're gonna have a little reaction to it but I've just become very desensitized to it over the years and dude just to be honest like anyone who gives you negative energy like that is just a loser like it's just a loser man no one who's having and I heard someone say this not my words but anyone who's having a good day doesn't get on the internet to be mean to strangers <laughs> True. So I just immediately think like that is them projecting their something that's off with them onto me. Like, dude, I don't know who you, if it's usually guys, let's be honest, probably teenage dudes, but like, I don't know who you are. I don't care who you are. Like go about your thing, bro. Whatever you like. If you like putting dirty panties in your mouth, whatever. Like I'm not going to talk. <laughs> we're back on the dirty panties. Yeah. Brian's got, yeah, what's we're going learning on with something new right about now? Brian. Anyone please dirty. email me if you have dirty panties. No, <laughs> But like, uh, but at the end of the day, like, it's just like, dude, you're a loser. I'm sorry. Like if anyone does that, like understand you're not dealing with your own stuff and you're externalizing and projecting it onto someone on the internet that maybe has something you want. And you're like, they're the source of my problems and you just want to shit all over them. And I, so that's how I see it is like your opinion doesn't is not valid to me just by the mere fact that you're deciding to be negative to me in a, in a public setting. Like I have good intentions here. I genuinely feel that I'm giving good information, helping people. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I haven't been a psychopath for five years lying perpetually that I'm natty. Like yeah. I actually am. If I wasn't, I would say that I'm not. So like, just go away. Yeah. Like, I like that you're not, you're, you're really unapologetic about it. Yeah, you know, and like at you're, first you're not. Thought, you yeah. seem to be not afraid to kind of speak your mind at this point. Well, at this point, yeah. like I would related to that as the cancel culture, right? Like I, I've seen some like it's the worst. Yeah, like does that affect you and like your choice of words? I mean, obviously, I mean you you must be thinking about it, right? Because like your your social appearance is your business, right? So yeah. like, how much filter has to go through what you say? Because you know somebody's gonna be offended about. Shit this podcast somebody's we offended somebody today oh for sure you know somebody Probably. who really likes dirty panties feels like is gonna be <laughs> I very can't upset talking about that oh my god <laughs> dude like I, I this year specifically is when i've felt it more than any other years but i like to listen to joe rogan yeah. and at the time this goes up everyone will know what's been going on with joe rogan with yeah. spotify and saying the n-word and all this stuff and covid and politics even saying these words now in this this podcast is yeah. probably going to get someone at YouTube to like watch the podcast, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. But like, I, I may be more political on Facebook or Instagram. I don't get on Facebook if I knew that it didn't have a real possibility of like censoring you, genuinely impacting my reach, even in like insidious ways, like because they can do that, not even directly, like they can blunt your reach for months or indefinitely yeah. if you're sharing content. shadow ban yeah the infamous shadow ban which like i 
can argue like it may not exist i really do think it does to a certain degree but like yeah at this point just with like online censoring and the trend the way that it's going i'm probably not going to share like a very hard like just to be honest i fall right of center on most issues fall left on some issues but like i'm just not gonna choose to put it out there if it can like affect my business i think in the way that i carry myself people can probably fill in the gaps anyways yeah yeah um He's alive. Yeah. Oh, no. Taking it all in. Uh, Carl's uh, over here. His he mind is spinning. He waits to the end and then drops a nugget. So get ready I'm for scared it. of what Carl's going to say. <laughs> so do you feel a moral obligation to connect with those that do follow you if you are doing content to take care of people in the climate of what's going on, not just here in the United States, but the world, to get a little bit more political? Because ultimately, if if you do... You, you, you're following Joe, you know, so then you, you can, you're more aware of what's going on with, uh, capitalism versus communism. Yeah. You are not going to make it. He said the C word. We're screwed. This, this guy, we're not going to make it in the communist world. Yeah. Right. So, so my issue that I have with men in the world right now is it's like, ah, I'll just stay away from that. It's not my battle. Right. But it's like it is your battle because, and I'm not saying you and you, I'm saying this to men, yeah. because ultimately what- Don't you, assume his gender, bro. Because <laughs> <laughs> ultimately saying, hey, I'm not going to use that platform. Um, you might not have that platform in five years from now right? or 20 years from now. You know, do, Has that ever come across or not? So, so you're more so asking like- it, People in other countries are maybe dealing with more dire situations. Like, why may I not be being more intentional with my words in support of that? Not saying it's like happening here in the United States or happening here in the United States, yeah. being more of a vocal champion for those types of yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, dude. That that's something that I toy with honestly, especially this year on a, on a regular basis. And the way that I've been r rationalizing it to myself is like what is the highest level of good that I can give to the world? And I think, you know, if I were to start taking hard positions on things or being vocal about things, and I, I don't have a solution to this. Like, this is a tough spot that we're in, but mm -hmm. that will affect my platforms and render me not able to basically reach th hundreds of thousands of people who – Still Need know nothing about fitness, which is crazy for me to think of because we've been doing it for so long. But right. there's still people who, like, don't know that deadlifts are good for you or, like, anything. Like, I, they will no longer ever find out who I am because I had a series of three posts that were, like, what's going on in Venezuela is f***ing bullshit. Or yeah. what's going on with these pansies in f***ing New York City and L.A. where I live is bullshit. Like, so that's more so I guess I may use that as like validation to bite my tongue but it's nonetheless there like I want to yeah. be more intentional with things but like we we know that San Francisco and the Bay Area is very much liberal and Democrat and PC and all this shit. so like the reality is like this is not being racist but like there's a lot of freaking Asian like people that are behind keyboards like coding and like creating dope freaking apps and like have powers that we don't even know that they freaking have I Sounds like I'm getting a conspiracy. But, but <laughs> I think true. we need like, time for another podcast with Brian. Well, it's true. It's dude, true. I'm though, like where he's going, like <laughs> the people with the people with power is public that like they are primarily left leaning at this point. So like in many aspects, they have they have the power and the say with a lot of things. Yeah. Well, and to touch on that, like <clears throat> your influence, uh, you know, you you brought up. Men, and I'm sure a lot of your following is younger men. 90%. You know, male. Um, the entryway to manhood is should be fitness. It should be the disciplines of physically pushing and challenging your body. There's so a mom that's offended out there like, totally. my son is going to be emotionally in tune. Yeah, well, that's not our target <laughs> audience either. <laughs> but I guess, you know, that could be, I see that as being, as I'm listening to you, well, that would probably be some of my justifications is that an entryway to manhood should be fitness. And if I can provide, if, if, if I go this route, then I'm, I, I can't reach these hundreds of thousands of 
potential men that I can I can make stronger through physical fitness. Yeah. And it could be, be a complete evolution as well. I mean, who's who knows what your content could be in five years from now? Yeah. You know, I mean, Joe's content, you know, five years ago probably wasn't what it is at all today by... Sure. You know, yeah. So. I, I, and I honestly, like, I've listened to his podcast pretty religiously the last two or three years. And, you know, I'm like many people. He's the number one podcast and for a reason. But, like, <laughs> anyone who's watched one of his full podcasts sees that, like... He's not only intelligent in a vast array of subjects, but he genuinely cares and he's genuinely very invested and curious about what the guest has to say, regardless of what they have to say. Mm -hmm. But like you said, like he started out in comedy, like dropped out of college, like didn't know what the hell he was doing for a long period of time, started his podcast nine years ago, smoking weed, all the episodes. Like he didn't know that he was going to become now like the Mm -hmm. most powerful voice in the world. So Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, I guess, before I can figure out what the hell I'm doing. That's, that, that's fair. You're still figuring it out. Still yeah. fair. That's one of the he, core. He's got to get a shirt today. Yeah. Oh, he does need a boss. Da- have we, we, we haven't even released our boss status shirt. They throw on the website. <laughs> oh, they might be yeah, on the people, website. People that's kind of like the motto of the Shout podcast. Shout out to all the people that have ordered the shirt. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get you a shirt. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're running up on an hour here. We'd like to keep these around an hour. So let's talk just briefly. So, um, plans for the future. So first let's talk about, so you're a natural bodybuilder. Let's talk about, what is your future bodybuilding goals, maybe this year or next? And then let's talk about, like, what are your business goals? What are your influence goals? Like, what, what do you, what do you, what's the next big thing for Brian DaCosta? Excuse me. Bodybuilding front, going to compete this summer. Several shows want to compete. I'm still toying. Can we with not eat like Subway the day before the show this time? Dude, and you like, need to remember. I mean, hold on. No, <laughs> 2019. Let's go. You need to remember your posing trunks. Please remember your posing trunks. Fully you're shave everything. Shit. And you remember shave before the day. <laughs> Him shave. and Paul were running around. Does anybody have any clippers? Does anybody have any clippers? <laughs> didn't remember posing trunks. Didn't practice posing. Didn't shave his legs. <laughs> This stuff hasn't toiled my mind for three years. Please continue. (laughs) (laughs) Think about how much you learned during that experience. Dude, oh my God. (laughs) You're going to be so good this year. You're going to be a champion. Hey, don't put any expectation, please. But (laughs) but it'll be compete. Hopefully, I can qualify for the Yorton. If I do so, I want to do the Yorton, bring my best since it's going to be in Charlotte. Any natty bodybuilders out there who's got what it takes, do an OCB show. Compete with me at the Yorton. Let's freaking go. Let's go. That was a challenge. Woo, threw man. it out there. Yeah. Good. You're going down. Huh. I think I might have to I mean, come back. Did you hear that, there. brother? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the bodybuilding front. May do another season three years from now. That point will be 33 and maybe looking to check out at that point. So probably young. will. And so uh, young. So young. That was like, that was like <laughs> 24 years ago for Carl, bro. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> we didn't even shave for 30. competitions back then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm already starting to feel that season change in me personally where it's like, it's, it's not that I've lost any passion for bodybuilding, but just for me personally, my body. Like, I, I just don't know if I will be wanting to do it for that much longer. So I probably have a couple more seasons in me. Maybe three, but then after that, oh, I think it'll be a natural shift. The way I lived my life, Doug, is like these questions give me anxiety. Like I hated people asking me in high school, like who I wanted to be, what I wanted to study in school. I took a career assessment in eighth grade in my science class, Mr. Scalgan's class, and the result was they said I should mow lawns. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, it all comes full circle. Like shaving, mowing lawns. You see that? Bro, bro, bro dude, we yeah. can start a sick. Uh, look, at this look at that. Look, dude, he's smooth, like as smooth bro. as a baby's bottom yeah. over next to me. I've learned. We can start a sick landscape company here in Statesville. <laughs> but I don't know. What are you talking about, Firebush? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the name of a Firebush. Yeah. Firebush Landscaping. <laughs> dude, that's a new business for my red oh, book. Oh. You did, you did a shot out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, which one are we going to do over that one? Oh, yeah. Firebush. <laughs> All right. Anyways, so that yeah, yeah. So what's your what, like? Where where do you see your business transitioning to? Like, and I, and I want to give you the anxiety. Let's let's go. Yeah, yeah. Well, the way that I see it now, <laughs> he's like, yeah, screw I you. like I like this. I like po- podcasting. Like this is fun. Yeah. Whereas like Instagram is kind of constraining. Way I want to be able to say more. I think being able to say things with context, be able, be able to expand with like an hour is like it feels good. Like you can get stuff off your chest. So like I like podcasting. I think. I see that in my future business wise. I would like to see it expand beyond being so tied to myself and 
my image and my physique. Cause the reality is like, I know if I was leaner now and sharing more ab workouts and shots, like I know social would skyrocket, but well, you have all summer for that. I you're, do, you're all, you're always I, lean though. So but like, at 40, I don't want to have that predicament to deal with. <laughs> right. Right. Like you want to work a little dad bod in the summer for the lake, yeah. you know, like I've got a two year old and like, so we can't play now. Daddy's got to do cardio. Like that. Yeah. So, so like remove it from being so tied to me, which so like created more passively, even though like you've, yeah. you've taken one step to go from the one-on-one coaching to the app, which is one passive step, still a lot of work. Yeah. Maybe having, like you said, not tying it yourself to the brand. So like, that's why like I, I'm trying to do that with our brands, right? Like, and yeah. I think we have done that is like the brands don't like, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, we're pretty close to being like things will be okay. There's a couple things that we definitely fall. Lady today, so yeah, I definitely. It's been a rough day, but uh, you know, like so, creating that environment where it doesn't all fall on your shoulders and other people can step yeah. in is so. So you feel the core name can, is starting to be able to stand on its own completely. To, oh, like, totally. There's a lot of people that take our products that don't even know uh, me. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of people like so like Arms Race, right, which is truly an influencer brand based around Julian Smith's image. You know, I would say. I mean, well over half, 75% of the people that are buying that product at GNC, like literally don't know who Julian Smith is. They have no idea. That's freaking awesome. So like, and that's why like Julian and I set it up that we wanted it to be that way. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, he wants passive. I mean, he's a father now and like, <clears throat> he doesn't want to be doing the same thing that you said. Like it can't all fall <clears throat> on his shoulders. That's why we're growing our influencer team on that yeah. brand. So like. And to, and to anyone who's watching who may say like, like, why are you guys talking about being separated from your brand? Like, why is it a good thing that, like, 75% of people don't know who Julian is? Like, don't you care about your business? Like, it's because that's you not, do that's care about it. It's because you that, do care about it. It's because you do, and you actually want it to thrive. Like, Doug's a human. Julian's a human. Like, I don't put myself in your guys' category. But, like, because you wear so many different hats. Like, you're getting on meetings with distributors, opening new locations. Like, you wear freaking 100,000 hats in a day. Last thing you need to be worried about is, like, what you look like on your Instagram story. Like you run an actual business. It's, it has to be sustainable. And for that reason, like it can't fall on the weight of one human like that. Just so irresponsible. Yeah, totally. So, uh, I got, all right, two more, two more final questions. So we're going to do a brine to cost a living Woo! flavor for core nutritionals. We get a button for that. Do you have any thoughts on what you want your flavor to be? So I think we're going to do it in core so fury, right? Yes. Core Fury, Brian DaCosta, limited edition flavor. Think hard any, here. Any thoughts? Because if it's right now, I said yesterday, sour, sour. We're, we're, sour is one hundo p going to be a thing? That's what the young kids so say. So what did you say? That's like one hundo p. One hundo p. What did uh, Spencer always used to say? Gas. Said it was gas. Is, is that gas? I don't say gas. One hundo p is like a hundred percent. One hundo p going to be sour. Okay. Yo, we should just roll up to the next manager and be like, yo, that's one hundo P, bro. <laughs> Dude, can, can I get on TikTok? Can we for get a, a day, limited edition like. Core Fury Hundo P? Uh, maybe that's maybe the, that's the maybe, name. Maybe that's, P. maybe that's the flavor name, but we'll Anyways. make it something sour. Can, will you uh, hit trademark if if you use the one hundred emoji? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. It just depends. Mm. Get the one hundred emoji on there. Hundo P. Right. Oh, well, man. dude, maybe we might so have to sad. bleep out this whole thing because somebody's going to steal our idea before we yeah. can do it. So, oh, man. no, it's trademark. No, well, now, so proof it's here first. Yeah. We'll get the trademark right now. All right, so that's number one. Boop. Idea. All right, here. you ready? <laughs> Fuck, marry or kill. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Ready? Go. Kill TikTok immediately. Hashtag China. <laughs> uh, I love this dude. I'm getting real happy. <laughs> We we love Instagram because I'm biased because that's where my crew is. What's up, crew? And then, so that's marry. Was, so you're gonna marry. I'm gonna marry Facebook, and then which yeah. is Meta. So who you gonna? Yeah, I said Instagram. Hold on, I thought you were gonna kill Instagram. Oh, you're gonna. Oh, I see. You're gonna Instagram. Yeah, and you. So that's like your side yeah, piece. I got some honeys that follow me too, bro. Okay, <laughs> you don't got any honeys following bit, you, bro. Come on, we're ninety nine percent LGBT. Ten percent women. Ten percent women. This does turn up. Pastor Brian, I'm sorry. I know you watch this podcast. <laughs> nah. Don't let your kids listen to this one. So you got, I said so, degenerate in the beginning of this. All right, so, so where do we go? Where was so we're definitely killing TikTok because of the Mary Meta because okay. they're creating a new universe. 
So okay. need to be in bed with them somehow. All right, there you had it. From the Instagram store no, himself. You don't want to be a part of Meta. <laughs> I really Carl's don't. like, can we have Brian back? Can, can we have Brian back to uh can we have Brian back to talk about conspiracy theories? I'm sure Dude. A lot of, uh, to be honest though, a lot of influencers, whoever you want to call it, people with an influenced audience online who are a bit more conservative are like in a conundrum with these social platforms because it's like, f- all of you commies, but also like, don't, don't channel bend me, please. Yeah. But f- you. I, I completely understand where you guys are at. You yeah. know, f- you, um, but like, don't second part of the sh- question was, uh, any, any plans, uh, present or future to move content to an actual website that you own? I've thought, I've thought about that a lot, and that's also why I've started to diversify. I've started doing YouTube a lot more, which it's still Google, so it's like yeah, tomato, I mean, all tomato. that can go just like that, right? Yeah, so I have an email list Well, you now. even need to have your own servers at that point, right? Because then eventually, like if Amazon that, owns your servers. That might be what it gets to, yeah. Like AWS, they can go and be like, this website's hosted on there. Let's shut that shit down. Like, Isn't that crazy? I, I don't want to think about that stuff now. Like. Yeah. Luckily, my brother's in computer science, so I may have to get to that point. But like, if, I'm not going to start sharing politics stuff anytime soon. But yeah, I have an I have an email list where like email lists for anyone who's just getting into business start growing an email list immediately. I didn't start doing that until two years after sharing on social. I wish I started sooner. Which like the email list is like, Gold. I know if I email them, yep. it'll yeah. go to everybody. Yeah. Well, there you had it, guys. So that was part one of this podcast. I feel like there's gonna need, Brian's gonna need, need to come it. back, and we, we need, need the Delta edition. <laughs> Carl's gonna be all high. And a rogue, a rogue edition. A ro- there you, go. Like, you guys got to get on Crush It website to to see that one. All right, guys. Till next time. Keep crushing it.